The Council of Agriculture has threatened to take China to the World Trade Organization over China's ban on imports of Taiwanese wax apples and sugar apples. The ban was announced last Sunday and took effect the same day. Taiwan's agriculture ministry says it will spend 1 billion NT dollars to help farmers find other buyers. It says that if China does not respond to Taiwan's request for talks, it will file a complaint with the World Trade Organization. In the wake of China's import ban on Taiwanese sugar apples and wax apples, the Japanese internet is abuzz with discussion. One user said, sell the fruits to Japan. They are very rare here, so they'll definitely sell well. Another said, with China doing things like this, if they are let into the CPTPP, it'll all be over. Our government has already protested the decision. China is breaching international trade rules to unilaterally damage our bilateral trade relations. I've told the Council of Agriculture to take measures to protect the interests of the people affected. President Tsai Ing-wen voiced support for Taiwan's farmers. The Council of Agriculture says it's earmarked 1 billion NT to help affected farmers sell their produce. Back in March, China imposed a similar import ban on Taiwanese pineapples. Since then, Taiwan officials have requested technical talks with China on eight occasions, but received no response from across the strait. Following China's newest import ban, the COA made its ninth request for negotiations. It says that if China does not respond, Taiwan will seek arbitration by the World Trade Organization. Of course, the Council of Agriculture is concerned about which fruit or agricultural product will be next. It may be even more concerned about whether the next ban will come from a country other than China, so it is seeking arbitration to send a warning. The COA hopes that by doing this, there won't be any more victims. It is making Taiwan's position clear, and that position is, we will file a complaint against you. Agriculture Council figures show that between 2018 and 2020, Taiwan's biggest fruit exports to China were pineapples, sugar apples and wax apples. The fourth top export was pomelos, followed by mangoes, both of which are no longer in season. Number six on the list was citrus fruits, mainly lemons and mercots. These could become the next target for an import ban from China. Vaccine appointments opened up on Monday for first shots at Pfizer and second shots of Medigen. Already, more than 570,000 people have booked a Pfizer shot in this ninth round of vaccination, which starts on Saturday. More than 280,000 people have booked their second shot of Medigen. Among them are the president and vice president, who will get their second shot of the domestically produced vaccine next Thursday. At 10 o'clock, bookings opened up for Pfizer vaccination. Eligible people were able to log into the system, pick a vaccination site, and book a time for their shot. I have been waiting for Pfizer or Moderna. Because there's enough Pfizer to go around, I came here early in the morning to get an appointment set up. I came before the scheduled time so that I wouldn't lose out to other people. This man went to his local pharmacy to get help making his appointment. Starting Wednesday, Pfizer will be administered to students aged 12 to 17 on school campuses. Later in the week, the ninth round of vaccination will begin, targeting people 18 to 22, those 65 and older, and people aged 40 and up who have designated health conditions. About 900,000 people are now eligible to make an appointment online. As of 1 p.m. on Monday, more than 572,000 people had booked their shot. 
there are 906,086 registered people eligible to book the Pfizer vaccine. In the morning, already 572,678 people had made an appointment. Second shots of Medigen will also be offered in the ninth vaccination round. About 650,000 people are eligible. As of 1 p.m. on Monday, more than 280,000 people had booked their shot, including President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-de. Both will be getting their shot on September 30th at NTU Hospital. On social media, Tsai called on those eligible to schedule an appointment before the deadline on Wednesday. Also on social media, Honghai founder Terry Go said another shipment of Pfizer vaccines would arrive soon. If all goes smoothly, they'll reach Taiwan on Wednesday, he said. Right now, we can't confirm the delivery date of the Pfizer vaccines. We'll be receiving more Pfizer vaccines over these days, but we can't have a full grasp of the situation. We make our plans as each shipment comes. So far, 49.65% of Taiwan's population has received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. The CECC reported two new local cases on Monday, both found in Taipei City. One of them was a one-year-old boy who was tested after his parents were infected. The other was a woman who was diagnosed with COVID last September while living overseas. She received one dose of the Pfizer vaccine this June. Then, on September 20th, she tested positive for COVID with a CT value of 34. Although her CT value indicates that she was not very contagious, health authorities are conducting intensive contact tracing to control risk. We have informed the health departments of other cities and counties. She had quite a bit of movement and activity. Using the real name registration system, we found 493 people who had been in her proximity. We have sent them text messages. People in her proximity should exercise a little caution. If symptoms appear, get tested. With a CT value like hers, there shouldn't be much of an impact. We'll have to wait and see, but we don't think it will be serious. The woman had recently visited the Sogo department store in Tianmu, the Daiye Taikashimaya department store in Suling district, and the Miramar cinemas. All three operators closed on Monday for disinfection. It's the mid-autumn festival long weekend and people are flocking to local attractions. Kanding's famous shopping street was packed Sunday evening with crowds estimated at more than 8,000 people. Over in Taizong, tourists filled up the Gaomei wetlands. Shoppers flocked to Taipei's Xingyi district, which had emptied out like a ghost town in May during the COVID outbreak. The CCC is urging the public to keep following COVID guidelines. A memorial museum has opened in New Taipei to commemorate the life and legacy of Su Bian, who is known as the grandfather of Taiwan independence. In remarks at the opening ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen shared her memories of the late independence activist. President Tsai Ing-wen attended the opening of a museum dedicated to independence activist Su Bung. Speaking at the ceremony, she recounted memories of the grandfather of Taiwanese independence. 
It feels like only yesterday since Grandfather Subong's passing. I remember that the night he left was during my election campaign. Who knew that in a flash, two years could pass by so quickly? Grandfather left Taiwan with a tremendous legacy. Tsai thanked the people who made the museum a reality. She said that each time Subong came to see her, he came with stores of wisdom to share. He mainly spoke the Taiwanese language. Sometimes he spoke Japanese, and sometimes there would be a few sentences of English. Sometimes he spoke a little Mandarin, fearing that I wouldn't understand otherwise. I understood his sense of urgency, how he wanted to tell me the things on his mind. The ceremony was held on the second anniversary of Su Bong's death. Others at the event included Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenzhan, Minister of Culture Li Yongde, and independent lawmaker Freddie Lim. Born in 1918, Subeng was a pioneer of Taiwan's independence movement. In 1950, he set up an armed force that plotted the assassination of Chiang Kai-shek. When the plot failed, he became a target of the KMT and went into exile in Japan. He opened a restaurant there and spent his evenings writing a book. That book, titled Taiwan's 400-Year History, traces the history of Taiwan from a nativist perspective. In 1967, Subeng founded the Taiwan Independence Association. He died in 2019 after a lifetime devoted to nation-building and Taiwan independence. Grandfather had great optimism and enthusiasm for Taiwan. His passion was not diminished, even at the age of 100. Let us consider Taiwan from grandfather's historical perspective as we gaze out at the world and mobilize the people's Taiwanese consciousness. Tsai wrote a message for the museum wall, her name with the words Missing Subeng. The independence revolutionary has passed away, but his legacy remains two years on. Anyone hoping to buy a Toyota may find themselves waiting for a long time. The car company has announced a series of cuts to global output, citing a shortage of chips and components. It warned that the outlook for November and beyond is uncertain, even as current demand remains very strong. What we're short on most is the Camry and the U.S. model of the Sienna. These cars have been out of stock for a bit longer than the others. Our forecast is that due to the chip shortage, the price rise for raw materials and the shortage of components, the wait will be even longer. Toyota is one of those companies seen as having a relatively good relationship with contractors. Contractors do their best to supply Toyota. But the chip shortage has gotten so bad that even the Toyota group can't withstand it. In Japan, actually, it has several factories that will be suspended for several days. Actually, though, the impact of this shortage is worse on American and European car makers, particularly European car makers. Most of Taiwan's car imports are from Europe. They include brands like Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and even cars like the Jaguar Land Rover. They have all been heavily affected by the chip shortage. Tight semiconductor supplies have affected nearly every auto manufacturer. Analysts say the auto chip shortage could persist all the way to 2024. Farmers in Miaoli have drawn a special piece of art in their paddy fields. The design, created with multicolored rice, is intended to ward off any more trouble from COVID-19. It features three of the top deities from folk Taoism. Farmers in Yuanli Township have even built a viewing platform so visitors can appreciate the art from the air. A 
drone flies over paddy fields, capturing the remarkable designs in the rice. Three beaming great emperor officials stand happily in the fields, while another field nearby carries a message, hang in there Taiwan, along with a swallow bearing a vaccine to fight off the virus. Because of the pandemic, we made these three great emperor officials, and here we also did hang in there Taiwan. We hope they'll protect the Taiwanese people. Yuanli Township is the biggest producer of grains in Miaoli. This is the second rice harvest of the year, and farmers have taken the chance to mark COVID in style, with Taoist deities who protect the heavens, the earth, and the waters. The swallow is the mascot of the Farmers Association. The design uses five colors of rice, yellow, white, purple, green, and black, to create the auspicious artwork. Looking at this fills you with hope. Not to mention the three great emperor officials, it feels like the gods in heavens are protecting us. The living images will be at their most beautiful just in time for mid-autumn festival. A special viewing platform has been set up by the Farmers Association, making it easy for visitors to enjoy the view in a COVID-secure way. Fulong Sand Sculpture Art Festival is here again. The annual sand extravaganza is finally here, delayed for months by COVID and the ravages of typhoons. This year, the international festival's theme is Pixar Films. The family-friendly event features some of the most iconic characters from animation. Visitors can even give sand art a try themselves. Carl and Russell from Pixar's Up. Sand art based on Pixar movies Toy Story and The Incredibles entrances beachgoers. Many pose with The Incredibles sculptures. It looks just like it. We're Pixar fans. I'm especially interested in this Disney theme. They actually look just like the films. Taking photos and selfies is a must, but dedicated fans have brought along figurines of the characters in the sand, a sign of the power of Pixar's storytelling. When you come in, you go through a complete full-body disinfection. After going through the disinfection gate, all the visitors on the beach are safe and clean. Furthermore, we control crowd numbers, so in every zone and in every time slot, there can only be a maximum of 100 people. An artist consults an image while chiseling out a figure in the sand. One sculptor takes on Seoul, the 2020 Christmas hit. Fulong Sand Art Festival 2021 is the only sand art festival in Asia themed on Pixar. Ten renowned international sand artists were invited to take up residence on the beach for a month and a half, completing 13 magnificent sculptures. Despite the event being postponed from July to September due to the Level 3 COVID alert, as well as two separate typhoons, the artists were determined to make it happen. We were asked to reconstruct them exactly the same, and also to adjust their faces. For example, each character needs to be smiling and happy, so we had to do extra refinements on all their postures and facial expressions. Then, because of the pandemic and the typhoons, those two typhoons really caused a lot of damage. We're launching a series of events for Fulong Life Festival 2021. You can come and enjoy our sandy beaches, as well as cycle to our central point, Cape Santiago Lighthouse, and enjoy our beautiful northeast coast. After a summer indoors, it's time to head to the beach. Visitors can even try their own hand at sand art. It's a great way to get into nature and unleash your creativity this mid-autumn festival. Tomorrow is Mid-Autumn Festival, which means it's that time of year again to pull up a lawn chair and bask in the moonlight. 
This year's harvest moon will appear big and low in the sky, reaching a maximum altitude of just 57 degrees above the horizon. But if you're in central or southern Taiwan, you might find your view compromised by heavy cloud cover. We have the forecast for mid-autumn and the week ahead. With the sun beating down, it's a hot and stifling day here in northern Taiwan. Under the impact of the Pacific High, most parts of Taiwan saw high temps and clear skies. But brief afternoon thunderstorms are in store Tuesday on Mid-Autumn Festival, as well as on Wednesday. Later, on Friday, the fall season's first northeasterly winds are due to blow in, bringing overcast skies and localized showers to the north and northeast coast. Cooler temps are expected across northern Taiwan. There is indeed a high-pressure zone moving in from the north, but it's still relatively high up so Taiwan's weather will mainly be affected by the Pacific High. As for wind fields, we're looking at mostly easterly winds with some mild northeasterly winds, so overall the weather will be stable. The Central Weather Bureau will keep monitoring changes in the situation with a high pressure zone in the north and the Pacific High. This mid-autumn festival, the full moon, will hang relatively low in the sky. It'll reach a maximum altitude of just 57 degrees, which means it'll be sure to catch your eye. A private forecasting firm has compiled a ranking of the best places to moon gaze. Due to a high chance of cloudy skies, central and southern Taiwan were ranked just three stars out of five. The north and east earned four stars, meaning they afford a high chance of seeing the moon. Meanwhile, the Central Weather Bureau says the later it gets, the better the view. So why not go out for a midnight stroll? Kaohsiung City has a new artistic destination, a public park surrounded by street murals. The park was originally a railway line, but it became a public green space after trains went underground. Now an ambitious project to cover nearby buildings in dozens of giant murals has brought even more everyday color to locals. A plain white apartment block gets a fresh coat of paint before turning into the canvas for a gigantic mural. After many days painstaking work, a new urban landmark is born. We got a chance to follow the artist up on his crane. Here on the platform, he lays out the tools of his trade so he can make every stroke on the wall perfect. Gradually, an adorable cat with big eyes comes to life on the wall, enchanting passersby. The buildings are uneven, jutting out and in, so I imagined it was a load of boxes piled on top of each other or objects. The cracks between them are where the cats can hang out, sleep or play. This once was the site of the Taiwan Railway's main line. After the Kaohsiung Railway went underground, the old rail tracks transformed into a green garden passage and a public amenity for locals. The buildings on either side were once just private homes' back gardens of no interest to officials. But now, they're the view from this public park. Kaohsiung has planned 27 murals for the area, from sea turtles to Labrador puppies. Since the railway went underground, it's already become a green corridor. Since that was developed, it has a wide and excellent sight line. We hope the buildings on both sides can be incorporated into the scenery. The city previously created a mural village in an old community near National Kaohsiung Center for the Arts. Now the Green Railway Corridor has its turn at an artistic makeover. 
Let's go now to Shinzu to meet a 92-year-old Lego connoisseur. Mrs. Li Ho started building Lego houses to amuse her grandson 30 years ago and never stopped. Her creations come from her own imagination as well as memories of life in mid-century Taiwan. The Lego Granny's latest project is a mini Taiwanese courtyard complex like the one where she was born. With unwavering focus, Granny Lee builds up a Lego villa brick by brick. At 92, she knows what she's doing. She started her Lego career looking after her three-year-old grandson, but it was Granny who really caught the bug. That three-year-old is a PhD student now, while Mrs. Lee He is a Lego expert. After three decades building, this whole community comes from her imagination. Her plan is to build the whole San He Yuan courtyard compound where she grew up. San He Yuan were the best. These days, everyone shuts the front doors and lives so isolated and lonely. Building Lego villages is a way to reflect on the beauty of the past while enjoying a creative kick. Playing with Lego makes the time fly by. I get so that I forget to eat and sleep. She hasn't got dementia at all yet. She's very sharp mentally and her hands are very strong. Mrs. Li He boasts nimble fingers and a better memory than her own daughter. Sometimes she can remember things that my wife has forgotten. One advantage is it's very frugal. You don't have to talk to anyone or worry about right and wrong. My brain likes it. Lego has never been the sole preserve of children. Lots of adults find great joy in building brick worlds, proving it's a pastime to be enjoyed right into old age. After all, few children could build a traditional community as accurately and beautifully as Granny can.